Hello, everybody. My name is John Mark Day, and I serve as the Director of Leadership and Campus Life at Oklahoma State University. I'm also thrilled to be your host for the NASPA Leadership Podcast, presented by the Student Leadership Program's Knowledge Community. Okay, so full disclosure, we are recording this on Friday, April 3rd, 2020, and we are fully in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic. So we thought this would be a good time to talk crisis leadership. So we've lined out a three episode series of podcasts for you about how we teach and live and lead during a time of crisis. And we're really excited to kick this series off uh, with the person who literally wrote the book on crisis leadership in higher education, Ralph Gelati. Ralph is the director of the Center for Organizational Leadership at Rutgers University, where he provides executive leadership for the overall planning, delivery, and assessment of signature programs and services. He engages directly with academic and administrative leaders in strengthening the center's role as a hub for leadership development research and initiatives. He also serves as an associate faculty member in the PhD program in higher education and part-time lecturer in the Department of Communication. Ralph, welcome. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks for having me, John Mark. I am sure this is a, uh, this is a busy and interesting time for someone in your line of work. Yeah, um, you know, it's, it's a, a really uh, complex time and yes, most certainly a busy time and, and a really troubling and scary time all at once, right? And I, I think I want to start by just offering my thoughts and prayers for anyone who's listening and anyone in our higher ed community who's really wrestling personally with the crisis or uh, knows of someone or perhaps themselves that might be um, uh, suffering from the virus. So uh, it's a sad time and, and my thoughts are certainly with all of those. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for that. It's, it's, um, you're right. This has been a, a time, I think, of a lot of, of fear and dread and, and concern for folks. Um, and I think it's interesting for someone like you who has done all of this work on the academic side uh, to now sort of be living through it with, with the rest of us. So, Absolutely. Well, so let's start off by talking about that. How did you get involved studying crisis leadership? Uh, you know, I was thinking a little bit about this, and you know, it's a great question. I, um, uh, my undergraduate experience was I was studying secondary education. I was uh, studying at Duquesne University in Pittsburgh, and I was actually a student body president there when we had a campus shooting. It was an unprecedented experience for the campus. And what I witnessed in that experience as a student leader was how a university comes together during a time of crisis. Mm. Fortunately, all of the, the students who were shot survived, and there hasn't been an incident of that kind at Duquesne since. Um, but to see a university come together and to see senior leaders and leaders across the campus um, really highlight the mission of the place and focus on um, all of the good that's being done across the university and the goodwill that they've built up to, to persevere in light of the crisis was, uh, was a remarkable experience. Um, from that point on, John Mark, I, I uh, took seriously the topic of crisis leadership and started to study it um, in my graduate work um, on organizational communication, leadership, and training and development in higher education. Um, and it's been, uh, it's been a research interest of mine for some time now. That's interesting how it goes from, again, something that you experienced and, sure. and were on the ground floor to, to then understanding the bigger picture of what that means. Absolutely. Well, what do you hope that people get out of your work? I think first, 
when we think about crisis leadership, I, I really view it as a university-wide imperative. Mm. Um, it's not a responsibility limited to those at the most senior levels, although those at the most senior levels certainly have a whole lot of responsibility and influence on how we manage crises, but that crisis leadership sort of cuts across the work that we all do in higher education. Um, crises really shift the national and international spotlight at times on our institutions. If we sort of not looking at um, th this ongoing uh, COVID-19 crisis, but looking at past crises that higher ed has dealt with, when they strike, the spotlight gets placed on our institutions and it's an opportunity to let our values shine. Hmm. It's an opportunity to let our values drive us in how we act and how we navigate times of crisis. I think the only other two things I'd add to that, um, in my work on crisis leadership, it's really important for leaders across higher ed to balance and negotiate short-term priorities and triaging what's in front of you, and also being mindful of the long-term strategic implications of what we're engaged in. And I know this is something that we're really wrestling with now across higher ed. Um, and lastly, I'm a genuinely a positive person, and, uh, and I, I try to always see the good in people. And in my research, I think it reveals and it builds upon a lot of research that's been done before my own that in times of crisis, there, there are um, pockets of light. There, there's opportunity. There's hope. And there, there's opportunity for reinvention. Yeah, it's, it's – a. Uh... It seems to be very important right now to be holding on to that hope and finding those things that we can be really uh, putting hope in. So before we dig into ideas of crisis and leadership and all of that, let's, let's take a, a quick pause. And I want to know from you, what is it that you are reading or watching or listening to that's outside of the traditional leadership canon that is teaching you something about leadership right now? Um. Uh, interesting. I, I read a lot um, in the areas of crisis and communication and higher education. So a lot of the literature in those fields. Um, I also try every day to read um, some of the higher ed uh, trade uh, publications. So Inside Higher Ed and The Chronicle, which is full of information right now about um, the, the ongoing crisis. I really like Fast Company and HBR too. So I have subscriptions to both and um, the, lots of good information there. And I think the last thing I'll add is I have a brand new baby at home. Um, so I think just um, being in a, what a time to have a new child, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and she's wonderful. And we're watching a lot of Disney Plus with my older kids right now. Um, so to see, um, to think about leadership from the role of a parent becomes a really interesting um, opportunity. Oh, for sure. And I mean, yeah, to, to think about, I mean, parenting is a form of leadership, right? Those sure. things, they, that is an absolute, uh, very unique and special form of leadership. And so yes. got to provide all kinds of interesting insights right there. So, Absolutely. Well, let's, let's define some terms to start off with. So what is a crisis? Um, what is a crisis? So in my book on crisis leadership in higher education, that's one of the first chapters is to try to operationalize the term. I really like Timothy Coombs' definition that a crisis is the perception of an unpredictable event that threatens important expectation, um, expectancies of stakeholders and can seriously impact an organization's performance and generate negative outcomes. Mm. So there's a reputational component to crisis. Crisis is disruptive. 
as I was studying leadership in higher education and crisis leadership in higher education, I found from the types of crises that emerged from my research that crises can be understood in higher education to be events of significant magnitude that, yeah, they threaten our reputations, absolutely. They impact the lives of those that are directly and indirectly involved with the crisis. They disrupt the ways in which the organization functions. Look at the impact that this crisis is having on all aspects of higher education. And, um, and the one other piece that I would uh, add to this is they have a cascading influence on leadership responsibilities and obligations across units and divisions. So a crisis is not just a student affairs crisis, but it's a crisis that cuts across the core of our organizations. Hmm. Um, I, I could spend a lot of time, John Mark, chatting with you about this because, um, you know, there are seminars and books yeah. written on this very subject. I think two other things I'd add real quick. I, I really think a lot about crisis as a social construction. Hmm. So far as if there's the perception of crisis on our campuses, then it's a crisis that requires the attention of our leadership. And, um, and there's a really interesting taxonomy out there um, by Evans and Elphick that differentiates the COBRA crisis from the Python crisis. The COBRA one is the sudden disaster like a 9-11 or like what we're experiencing here today. And the Python crisis are those repeated disasters that organizations need to wrestle with. Very different kinds of crises with huge leadership implications associated with both. Wow. Yeah, and those are, those are great, um, great metaphors. If you're somebody like me with a natural fear of snakes anyway, that's, uh, <laughs> I mean, like, my pulse is racing just thinking about that. So, and both are going to feel like significant crises. So, sure. Sure. Uh, well, you, so you talk about everybody kind of has this different perspective and it affects us all differently on a campus, but you have a student affairs background. And so how does that background influence your understanding of what constitutes a crisis? Yeah, so my current role is in um, a faculty and staff leadership development. So we do a lot of academic leadership programming and consultation across Rutgers University. But prior to taking on this role, I worked for uh, many years at Villanova in different student affairs functions and loved my experience there and in student affairs. Um, what's really interesting is when you talk to people that are in student affairs about crisis, we are particularly primed to think about this because a lot of the work that we're doing um, is really focused on the student experience and the different kinds of crises that our students might, might encounter in, in their, their, their careers at our um, institutions. But interestingly, when I, when I spoke to some senior leaders with student affairs backgrounds, and I share more about this in the book, they seem to have a higher threshold of what constitutes crisis. So that if someone's life isn't at risk, it's not a crisis. Hmm. It's an emergency, it's an incident, but it's not a crisis. And there's a lot of baggage associated with that word. Absolutely. Yeah, you're right. Um, I think we in student affairs spend a lot of time differentiating emergency and crisis and navigating what that means. And, and uh, it does give us a different perspective, I think, a lot of times. Um, so then what is, what's crisis leadership? How does that differ from other understandings of leadership? So um, there's a lot written, John Mark, um, on, on crisis prevention, crisis preparation, crisis management, and crisis uh, communication. When I, when I think about crisis leadership, 
I sort of see all of those buckets of research falling under the, the dynamics of crisis leadership. What, what crisis leadership to me means is it, it allows us to move beyond a view of communication as a tool that can be used to manage crises, but rather looks at the ways in which leaders can systematically and proactively and expansively address crises before they occur while they're occurring and to learn from them in the aftermath of crisis. Hmm. Clarity, trust, transparency, all of that becomes wrapped up into how we understand and think about crises at our institutions. And I think another really important point in higher education, we are working in and living in higher ed at a really interesting time. And there's a history that precedes us. What crisis leadership allows us to do is to think about the history that we can draw on hmm. while also simultaneously looking ahead at who we want to be and how we're going to best serve our students and the other stakeholders that, that, um, that look to us for services. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and I think, you know, anytime we talk about leadership, one of the things we always emphasize is leadership is not about a position. And so what would you say to folks who right now are are on the ground, maybe aren't, you know, the university president, but are still really working to navigate this with students? Mm. Um, I think the first message, do what we do best, right? We, we are so good in student affairs about supporting students and understanding where they're coming from and listening and, and helping them make sense of this really unique time in their lives in normal situations. Mm -hmm. So when crises complicate things, I think it's an opportunity for us to do our best work by really um, supporting our students and making sure that them and our colleagues uh, uh, feel heard and feel understood and that we can really share our feelings with one another. Um, uh, there's a great quotes and memes going on right now about this physical distance and social distancing that we're experiencing and that it doesn't mean emotional distancing. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really important for us in student affairs and, and across higher ed. How can we be emotionally connected to one another when we're, we're physically um, isolated from one another? Mm. And, uh, and, and I think for leadership educators in particular, what an unprecedented and rich opportunity to help our students make sense of leadership and leadership dynamics in a time of, of just massive disruption. Use this as a laboratory for sense-making and self-assessment and exploration um, because it's a troubling time, but it can also be an incredibly um, enlightening time for us. Yeah, what a good point. I think this provides us all with an opportunity to, to learn things about ourselves that maybe we didn't know and, and understand ourselves in, in, in a different way than we had before. Sure, sure. Um, and lots of deep learning, I think, can hopefully come from this for folks. Mm -hmm. So crisis uh, communication as a, as a field, crisis understandings, comes out of the communications work. Uh, a lot of crisis theory and stuff is based around crisis communications. How does that foundation help crisis leadership and, and where might that make us get stuck sometimes? Uh, really interesting. When um, I, I've done a lot of writing with um, uh, Brent Rubin, who's one of my great colleagues at Rutgers, and he um, is a distinguished faculty member in communication. And when we think about communication, there, it's been studied in so many different ways, but there's a default way of understanding communication that it's a tool that can be used to fix things or to change attitudes or to change behaviors. And if we view communication, through that really limited lens, 
then when crisis strikes, we look for communication and communications to help get us out of the mess, to help us protect the reputation, to help us um, correct and fix some of the uncertainty in our environment. And that's an important function of communication, but it's not the only function of communication. It, it, if we look at it as a much more systemic um, worldview, if we look at it as an orientation, it helps us better understand the dynamics of leadership that we are engaged in at all times at our institutions and in our homes. So communication in times of crisis can be used to help to restore the reputation of the place, but it can also be used to really have a dramatic impact on make, creating opportunities for dialogue mm -hmm. with um, those who are impacted by crisis and help us better understand what's needed in our system. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so, so you're the expert on crisis leadership. So since we've got you here, help us out. What advice would you give for people who are doing the work of leading right now? Uh, so I think um, I put forward the claim that, that we all have leadership responsibilities right now. To go back to your point Absolutely. from earlier that it's not limited to positional authority. If we view leadership as a process of social influence, we all are playing a critical role right now. Um, the efforts to, to translate a lot of what we're doing into online or remote delivery, to support students of all kinds during this widespread disruption, and also to play a role in rethinking what, what the... Um, higher education institution of tomorrow is going to look like mm -hmm. in response to this, it becomes a really important leadership imperative. So I think um, as we all engage in leadership during this moment, uh, practice effective crisis leadership. So be really clear and consistent and communicative in how you're responding and treating one another and engaging with one another. I think the importance of compassion cannot be underestimated. So to really um, let compassion show in your interactions with one another and to really support one another because leadership is distributed and it's particularly distributed, John Mark, in our institutions. As I'm sure at your institution and mine, um, we see teams coming together to, to tackle these problems that we're all trying to make sense of. And it's overwhelming. It, it, it requires... Um, all on board and all hands on deck to really help uh, navigate these uncharted waters. Um, and I think the, the, the other piece I'd, I'd share is um, be mindful of preparation. From all the reading right now, it seems that uh, um, this crisis will likely continue in the months and potentially the years ahead in yeah. some fashion. This virus is um, it's dangerous and, and all the reporting suggests that. What, what does student affairs look like? in fall 2020? What does leadership education look like in fall 2020? Will we need to continue with alternative delivery of our programs and services? And in what ways can we make a case and continue to make a case for the value of this work um, as we, we navigate these, these, these waters together? Um, it, it's a really, really challenging time and a scary time, but I think it could be a good opportunity to think about Again, what's our mission in student affairs? What's our mission in higher education? And how do we learn from this? And how do we improve um, the good work we're already doing? Yeah, you know, I think you're right. And I think given that, you know, there is so much change coming and, and some of it we can anticipate and some of it we can't, this is a unique opportunity for folks to exercise some influence potentially um, and and uh, possibly, you know, get get some voices out there that haven't been heard before or uh, create some systems and structures that have been needed 
but we haven't had the, the chance to do. And so how do folks kind of build some influence in this time? Mm. Um, I, I love that, 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 that dimension of it about which voices are heard and which voices haven't been heard mm-hmm. and to try to make sure that voices are elevated in the process. Uh, to me, it becomes part of that. I mentioned earlier, you're triaging what's in front of you with the short-term goals, but you're also thinking strategically about the long-term implications of these behaviors. Um, when we think about historically crisis leadership was an underdeveloped area for us um, in higher education. I mean, we, we just don't, we didn't, for many of us, we didn't get a whole lot of leadership development before taking on positions of leadership at our institutions. I think we're going to see a change in that area. I think the, the, the role of leadership education is going to only become increasingly more critical because of this. And I think in terms of how influence is accomplished, um, knowing your story, telling your story, having the data to support that the work we do has value, and making sure um, throughout all of that, that we're using our values of supporting students and supporting our communities as, as a driving force. Mm, absolutely. Um, you know, one of the things that is, is interesting about this moment uh, is that unlike most crises, this is one that everybody's experiencing altogether. Nobody gets to kind of stand back and say, this doesn't affect me. Now, obviously, there are folks that it affects in much more significant ways than others, but everybody is affected right now. And so I, what's challenging for that, for, for me at least, is you know, going through this and navigating through this myself and with my staff and my team and, and my loved ones, uh, while also trying to be that leadership educator and that person who has read about leadership and understands leadership, I find myself second guessing things, my own decisions, my own leadership a lot of the time, uh, because I feel like I'm supposed to be, you know, I'm supposed to get this right because this is what yes. I do. And yeah. so, so how, how do you separate your ideals of leadership and your personal experiences navigating this? Oh man, I, that, that, the way you framed that John Mark really resonates with me powerfully. Um, and, and, and I think what's particularly frightening about this is we don't have a whole lot of answers, right? Yeah. We don't have a whole lot of answers on what this is going to look like. We don't have a whole lot of answers on how exactly higher education will um, come out of this once the crisis um, fades away. Um, so I think the importance of asking the right questions hmm. and being open with those questions for yourself as you try to make sense of this from a leadership perspective, but then when you're thinking about the influence that you have at your universities, with your teams, and within your own families, um, providing time and space for questions as a parent, as a loved one, um, as, as a neighbor, and as a director of a unit at your university, making sure you carve out the time to interrogate these questions together and engage in um, this idea of collective sense-making, because I think together we can um, better understand how we're going to come out of this. I love that. Talk talk a little bit more about that, this collective sense-making, how we're all working together to figure this out while also going through it. How do we do that? Oh man. So uh, the sense-making literature is fascinating. If you haven't read much about it and one of the central premises of of sense-making is that we often are out there authoring these own experiences. So we bracket experiences and and frame them in certain ways so that they become understandable for others. It becomes a really important communication um, mechanism for leaders. How can you in times of crisis 
create some boundaries around what we're experiencing and to help others better understand it. When us, all of us as leaders, don't really know how to bracket this because it's unprecedented, because it's historic, because it's so troubling, I think collectively we can ask the questions around what's happening, how is it impacting us, how is it impacting the people that we care about, and what can we learn from this? What can we learn from this? Because um, I think higher ed in so many ways, and it's been amazing to see, has been leading the effort in social distancing and leading the effort in, um, in a lot of ways where we, we often are reacting to things hmm. around us and moving slowly. But I think, what are we learning from this? And if we were faced with a crisis in the future, maybe not a global pandemic, but a crisis of any kind, what can we learn from this to inform how we do better next time? Hmm. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I think there are we're we're learning as individuals, we're learning as systems, you know, we're learning as uh, as departments and institutions. Yes. There will be new things that are put in place because of this. But there are also for all of us just sort of be new ways of being, be, mm-hmm. you know, in, in ways that we are with each other. Uh some because we've had relationships strengthened because we've sort of gone through this together or uh, we've had we've navigated new challenges together, and, you're, and so this idea that yeah, this collective sense making, we will get to decide at the end uh, what we take from this and how we leverage this to make this world a better place uh, provides that hope, right? I yeah. I love that, and and hopefully we will not take for granted. Um, things maybe in ways that we may have in the past um, because of what we're going through now collectively. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So as you have studied crisis leadership, uh, both, you know, professionally and personally and, and going through this right now and, and working on it for all these years, what has surprised you about this work? For me, and I write about this in the book, um, which was published like not too long ago, I write about this countercultural need for agility. That higher education has this um, reputation of being slow moving, of being deliberative by design. That's what's actually been a key ingredient of our success. For sure. But when crises strike, we are held to the same standards for speed and agility as any other organizational type. So I think what's been most surprising for me as I've just been consuming the news like all of you, um, to see the ways in which higher ed has been responding fairly quickly and have been responding with the health and safety of our students and our faculty and staff and all of our stakeholders at the forefront for making these really difficult decisions. Um, And that's, that's comforting. It's really comforting. And I think um, there's a lot to be proud of in the response. And I, 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 my heart really goes out for um, graduating seniors right now who have just had this last semester ripped away from them. And I, um, I'll be so curious to see how universities will address commencement moving forward and honoring the, the, the experiences and accomplishments of seniors. And I, and I think to continue with um, this idea of leadership to really set the right tone so we can move forward collectively and honor um, all that's come before us. Yeah, absolutely. For the, you know, the folks who have studied higher education as a, as a field, uh, the, what the the rapidity with which institutions have responded to this is going to cause us to have to challenge some assumptions, I think, and, and rethink sure. some things we've sort of yes. uh, 
uh, have been longstanding, longstanding beliefs. Yeah, I, I heard um, uh, it, there was an Inside Higher Ed webinar a few days ago, and the editors of Inside Higher Ed used the word heroic to describe hmm. the collective efforts of our institutions to move all of these courses and programs online. Now, yeah. the quality is, you know, of course, not what we would normally expect, but the, the, the scale and speed by which we've done this in academic affairs and in student affairs and across the entirety of our institutions, I think heroic is a perfect word for it. Yeah, absolutely. I've been encouraged. I mean, even the work that, that you know, my team has been engaged in at, at OSU to be so innovative in some of their work and, and so creative. And it's been funny the number of things they have said, this is something we'll continue to do even when we're back in person. Like here's wow. a program we've built that actually now is, is gonna be ongoing and that, so, so, you know, we continue to have hope and, and I love this conversation because hope has, we started off talking about hope. We've been talking about it the whole time. And so, you know, in the knowing that we have that hope that there's going to be another side to this, you know, there's going to be a day when we're not talking about crisis all of the time. My last question for you then is what will you be thinking about this? What is, what's the next question of around leadership that you're thinking about? I, uh, I love the question, and I think for me, it's um, it's or oriented very much around this idea of reinvention. How how does higher education reinvent ourselves when we're on the other side of this? And in what ways, in particular, is leadership development reinvented because of this? Will this? I think it will only increase and make the work that increase in popularity and increase in impact of the work of leadership education because we all recognize the need for it yeah. because we all recognize that crises make leadership complex and in what ways can we um, better tell the story of leadership education so that our work is taken um, even more seriously on in the aftermath of the crisis yeah this is definitely demonstrated the role of leadership and the need for leadership and our need to 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 train strong ethical leaders, I yes. think, is, is very evident right now. Yes. So, well, thank you, Ralph. What a great conversation. What a what an exciting thing to to get to talk about. And I, and again, I just I really appreciate your hopeful tone uh, and the way that that we can um, be really excited about moving forward. So, uh, thanks to everybody out there joining us for the NASPA Leadership Podcast, presented by the NASPA Student Leadership programs knowledge community. Huge thanks to Ralph Gelati. Really appreciate Thank you. having you here today. It was really my pleasure. And uh, I, I love the podcast and thanks for putting this together. Oh yeah, absolutely. So for those of you who are out there listening, you can get more information about the knowledge community on our various social media outlets, including Twitter. We're at NASPA SLPKC on Instagram or at NASPA underscore SLPKC. And you can connect with me on Twitter. I'm at John Mark Day. Now, if you are interested in being a guest on the podcast, if you have suggestions for topics we should be talking about or people we should be talking to, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can email us at naspaleaderpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, thanks, everybody. And uh, stay tuned for the second episode of this podcast. We'll be talking more uh, about leading through crisis.